This is Tired Tired Sea by Media Horror. Chapter 3 Late one afternoon, a few days later, Louise shows up at the top of the lighthouse just as the sky starts to darken. Harry is sitting on the floor with his back pressed against the bench, one of his long legs stretched out in front of him, the other bent, the notebook Louis almost never sees him without resting on his thigh as he hums to himself and writes down whatever it is he's always scribbling away. He's wearing pale jeans again, the bottom rolled up, and his feet are protected by gray wool socks with a thin red band at the ankle. There's a hole on one of his knees, the only indication these are not the same pair as before. The material frayed somehow endearingly. It looks like proper use as well, not one of those fashionable pairs that have been pre-frayed for the aesthetic purposes, like Harry wore them over and over and won't stop even now that they're falling apart. He's wearing one of Louis's favorite jumpers too, one he clearly took from the living room chest where Louis left it after the last laundry load he did. It's always a hit with guests, dark blue with a quirky frog pattern, five rows of large green amphibians decorating it on both sides. Louis's mom bought it for the lighthouse back in his hometown a few years ago found it in her favorite charity shop and mailed it to him the next day, too amused to wait until they saw each other in person to give it to him. Louis had laughed when he'd opened the package, unable to resist putting it on immediately. It's always been a bit big on Louis's slightly slimmer frame, but it fits Harry's perfectly, hugging his broad shoulders impeccably. After a second of silent observation, it becomes quite clear that Harry has never heard him walk in, so lost deep in thought that Louis's arrival didn't even register for him. Feeling a bit creepy just standing there in silence, Louis clears his throat before saying a quiet hey to greet him. Louis looks up with a sound, giving Louis a simple nod and reply before burying himself back into his journal. Is it okay if I... Louis trails off and Harry looks up again, showing him the Scottish short stories anthology he's been reading and pointing at the other side of the bench instead of explaining himself. Harry nods again, offering Louis a small shrug before turning out the entire room again and the second his eyes are back on the page. He clearly doesn't seem too bothered by Louis's presence, which is a relief considering they're going to have to coexist for a few months, and Louis certainly isn't ready to give up his favorite view in the world entirely for a guest, even one who paid for such a long stay. Louis makes his way to the only lamp in the room, turning it on and sitting close to it on the bench on the opposite side from Harry's little corner. He has quite a good view of his serious profile, on all the micro-expressions flashing on his face as he rereads what he just wrote drumming his pen against the pages of his journal. The small tap, tap, tap still heard underneath the storm outside, mixing in with the sound of rain splattering against the windows. He keeps watching for a few seconds, unable to look away, before he realizes what he's doing and self-consciously clears his throat, taking the receipt he's been using as a bookmark out of the anthology and reading it. Still, he can't seem to focus somehow, between the rain and the tapping and the humming and... Louis shakes his head, closing the book. He's sitting cross-legs on the bench, and he drops it on his lower shins and ankles, the green cover and gold lettering staring at him, warning him against opening his big, dumb mouth. Without permission, his eyes turn to Harry's face again. He's in his own world, the pen now resting between the pages of his journal, his fingers fiddling with the rubber band around his wrist, eyes moving quickly over the page as he reads. Louis looks away, back down at his book. He shouldn't bother his guest. Can I ask you a personal question, he still says after a beat, against his best judgment. He has no excuse for the fact that he was unable to contain it. Harry visibly stiffens straight away. He's still hunched over his notebook, doesn't even look up, doesn't even reply. His shoulders tense in anticipation, though, bracing himself even though he never gives Louis permission to go on, like he's just waiting for it. 
Like it'll be a blow no matter what Louis asks, and Louis, he just... Never mind, he mumbles, quick and embarrassed, looking away like the sight of Harry's discomfort burned him. He feels his cheeks redden, shame rising at the back of his throat. Why can't he just leave things alone, he mentally scolds himself. It's none of my business, a familiar vicious voice in the back of his mind admonishes. It's fine, Harry's voice sounds tired like it's anything but, and still forced himself to say it. Ask away. He sounds, sounding like every word pained him to say, but when Louis looks up at him again, their eyes meet, and Harry's are clear with sincerity. He means it, wants Louis to ask. I might not answer, he warns, and Louis truly can't fault him for that. Fair enough, he says with a small huff, something halfway between a sigh and a laugh. He raises an eyebrow towards Harry before talking again. It's not a very deeply personal question anyway, you may be surprised. I highly doubt that. I've been asked everything, Harry says. Everything? Louis replies, doubtful. Trust me, Harry says. I've been asked everything. Go on. What is it? I live in your house now. The least I can do is hear your questions. Question, Louis corrects, raising one index. Just the one. Are you trying to build suspense, or are you just bored with this book? Because if it's the latter, please find something to do here. I'm busy, Harry says, gesturing towards the notebook. Louis would be offended, would feel guilty, except there's a small smile on Harry's face, almost a twinkle in his eyes. Louis suspects he's just joking, though he doesn't want to chance it and decides to ask his question straight away. Are you a writer? There's a long pause where Harry looks down at the journal in the thigh. That's your question? Louis shrugs. Heard it before? Not quite this exact phrasing, but variations, sure. Louis laughs. All right, I ask boring, predictable questions, I guess. It's just, I don't think I've ever seen you without it, he explains, gesturing vaguely towards the notebook. And you said you travel a lot. I don't know, I got curious. Figured both might be for work, right? I see. So, Louis insists after Harry doesn't expand and lets the moment sit still between them a beat too long. Are you? Harry looks at him straight in the eyes, his focus and intense, before half shaking his head like maybe he's not so sure. Not really, he finally says, and it doesn't sound like a lie. Harry certainly means it, but it doesn't sound like the full truth either. This would be where Louis kindly pushes, teases, coaxes the truth out of him, where Louis uses both charm and wit to make his guest at ease and unravel the whole thing from him expertly. He's done it before, after all, has a bit of a knack for holding people's secrets safe making them trust him, but there's something about Harry, and the skittish way he's holding himself about the shadows pinching the corner of his smiles, something that tells Louis not yet. Not yet. Suddenly, without Louis noticing, over an hour has passed. He blinks down at his phone, surprised to see the time before putting it back into the pocket of his sweats. He fell into the short stories more easily than he expected once his curiosity was partly satisfied and he needs to get a move on if he wants to have dinner ready on time. He leaves the book on the bench for later, getting up silently, then stretching his arms over his head. He rolls his shoulders, feeling a little stiff from staying in the same position for so long. When he turns to warn Harry he's leaving, Louis finds a pair of inquisitive green eyes focused on him already. He smiles and points to the stairs. Gonna go get some food started, he explains before walking away. He's about to go down when Harry interrupts him with a small, Can I help? That takes Louis by surprise. Louis stops in his tracks, turning around with a disbelieving frown on his face. 
Help, he repeats. Harry shrugs. I love to cook, he admits before biting his lower lip. You paid good money for the whole thing. I wouldn't really be comfortable letting you do the hard work. Like, you pay for the food. Yeah, and I'm gonna be getting the food either way, but I'd be more comfortable if we shared labor, Harry argues before getting up and putting his pen in the back pocket of his jeans. He's gripping the journal tightly. I really would be more comfortable, he insists when Louis only stares blankly at him. And I truly love to cook. I'm good at it, I swear. I won't be in the way or anything. I can take instructions well. Louis swallows back a dirty joke automatically, looking away from Harry's attractive frame. It's not like he hasn't noticed that Harry is more gorgeous than anyone he's ever met in real life before. He has. He just figured there was no point thinking about it, really. Yes! Harry exclaims, tilting his head backwards in annoyance. I've been thinking about it for a while now. Feels wrong not to have any normal shit to do. It's... I don't know, dehumanizing. Louis blinks, unsure to how to reply to such a comment. Are we going? Harry insists, walking past Louis and down the stairs without giving him a chance to reply. Soon enough, they're both in the kitchen, hard at work, chopping vegetables in silence, Louis mentally stopping himself every few seconds with the urge to boss Harry around like he would anyone else to ensure they're doing things the way his arises. After the fifth time, Louis opens his mouth to comment and then closes it straight away going back to the onions he's taking care of with a clenched jaw to stop his eyes from welling up. Harry chuckles loudly. Okay, what is it? He asks, putting his knife on the cutting board and angling his body toward Louis with a hand on his hip, the other one leaning on the counter. What? Louis says, pretending he has no idea what Harry is talking about, still cutting the onions with focus. Except Harry isn't easily fooled, and when Louis risks a glance sideways, he sees him narrowing his eyes, fingers drumming against his own hip. It's your kitchen. Harry finally says after Louis stays silent a second too long. If I'm doing something wrong, you should tell me. You're not doing anything wrong, Louis replies automatically. He's not, is the thing. You're being very... helpful. How painful was that for you to say then, Harry says, not missing a beat. So much, Louis automatically replies, turning around to face him. But you are helpful, it's just... Yeah? Why aren't you slicing the carrots? Aren't I? Harry asks, looking at the carrot pieces he's already cut. Yes, you're roll-cutting them, Louis whines. Now we've got big slices of carrots while everything else is thin like matchsticks. How are we supposed to have beautiful, homogeneous stir-fry with big chunks like this? Why would you make that decision? Harry snorts, looking down as he starts laughing fully. Oh, you're serious, he said when he looks back up and catches Louis' frown. Hmm. I cut them like this so we'd have a variety of shapes on the plate. Just... Creates a nice little party in your mouth, you know. Besides, they're still very thin, just round slices instead of matchsticks. Louis, ignoring Harry's explanation, completely declares, We have broccoli and mang tao for a variety of shapes, with a serious look on his face. He wishes he wasn't like this, but now that they've opened this can of worms, now that Harry's insisted for his opinion, he can't stop himself. So you're a bit of a control freak in the kitchen, aren't you? Harry asks, tone teasing as he returns to the board. Tone teasing as he returns to the board and starts to cut the carrots in the exact same way as before, like Louis didn't say anything at all. Is that why you didn't want me to help? Louis huffs, focusing his attention to the onions again. Control freak seems a tad exaggerated as far as Louis is concerned. It's not his fault that he's been cooking by himself for years now and has his strict habits when it comes to the kitchen. Thing is, even with an army of siblings at home to take care of, Louis had always been the worst one in terms of culinary skills. He had tried and tried, 
with his mother and sister's encouragements, but nothing seemed to work for him. When he got approved for the B&B, he knew he would never be able to afford a proper cook, so he worked twice as hard as he ever had to transform his disasters into edible and even enjoyable food. He even took a few classes at the community center on the mainland, investing time and money into developing his abilities. He worked hard, but it paid off for sure, transforming Louis into a confident cook, someone who actually knows what they're doing. It turned out better than he, and every member of his family, ever expected. And he's proud of that. But that means Louis has a comfort zone, that he does things, that he does things orderly to make sure it goes well. He sticks to what he knows, and it works. Harry, though, Harry's bringing truly chaotic energy to his kitchen. Sneaking a quick look to his right and spotting Harry's teasing grin, Louis can't help but feel like he doesn't fully hate it, though. I didn't not want you to help, Louis says diplomatically, still looking at Harry. I wanted to be professional and offer you the service you actually paid for. I think you really just didn't want me to deserve your stuff, actually. Harry argues, and this is new. There have been hints of it before. Hints of Harry teasing and joking, but always shying away right after. Looking like he just remembered he's supposed to be miserable every single time. Or maybe like he remembered he is sad and no amount of joking is going to erase it. Louis' heart squeezes in his chest, a hint of fear, a tremor of anxiety, climbing up his throat at the thought of Harry doing it again, at the thought of his smile fading, of his shining personality retreating back into his shell. Louis doesn't want him to, doesn't want the smile to go away, so he plays along in the hope it'll be enough to nourish this new flame. I am neither willing to confirm nor deny that this affected my initial reaction to your proposal. Louis huffs, tilting his nose up in pretend offense, face shaping into a crinkly smile and it makes Harry laugh. Sorry I ruined your stir-fry, Harry chuckles, putting the carrots aside and reaching for the celery. Our stir-fry, Louis corrects, swapping the finished onions for the broccoli he had previously mentioned. He shakes his head and cuts the broccoli head in half. It's fine. What's life without a little change, right? Right, Harry agrees. They keep cutting in silence for a bit, not as tense as before. They settle into something comfortable now that Louis has stopped looking over his shoulder at what Harry's doing, stopped trying to micromanage him rudely, and they're much more efficient for it. Still, it takes Louis by surprise when Harry breaks the quiet tranquility of the moment. So is that where you eat, then? He asked, using his hand holding the knife to point at the small table pushed against the window. Louis nods. Yeah, mostly, I mean. I'll have a meal with guests in the dining room once in a while if they ask, but I usually like to stay out of the way. It's a lot less awkward for them without me there. I usually just eat after everyone is done. Even when the place is empty during winter, I don't like eating in the dining room. Why not? Harry asks, eyebrows furrowed and a small confused pat on his face. I don't know, Louis says, shrugging a little. It's just a big empty room, right? Seems weird to have it all to myself. Like, lonelier somehow. Tell me about it, Harry mumbles under his breath, head down as he keeps cutting. Oh, Louis thinks, heart tightening in his chest. He'd been so concerned with staying out of Harry's way and making sure he's got everything he needs that he didn't even think to ask if he ever wanted company. You don't like it either? Louis risks asking, not wanting to look at Harry's face. It's alright, he replies automatically, and even without seeing his face, Louis can tell that Harry's lying. It's like you said, just a bit weird, isolated. But that's why I came here, right? To feel like I'm the only person in the world? Right, Louis agrees gently, risking a small look at him. Sorry if I ruin the illusion, he jokes, smiling when Harry looks up with a bit of a crooked grin. It's fine. Well, this tiny uncomfortable table sits too, so, you know, 
If you find the dining room unbearable, you're always welcome. Me and Clifford are in here most nights. Really? Harry asked, sounding surprised. Louis frowns. Yeah, I've just said. I almost always eat here. I mean, sometimes late in my room or the lantern room if it's a sandwich or something, but, you know. No, no, I mean, you're sure it wouldn't bother you if I ate with you here? It's the way he asks that makes Louis so sad. The way his voice gets smaller and he sounds unsure even though Louis just said it was fine. Yeah, yeah, of course not. You wouldn't bother me. I mean, we barely know each other, so it'd be really nice to dine with you. You're always welcome. So, I could tonight? Harry asks like he needs reassurance again, like he's really afraid he's disturbing some big, incredible solo plan Louis has somehow. Louis smiles kindly. You could every night if you want. As I said, it's fine. I'd love the company. Harry bites his lower lip, clearly trying to hide a smile. Okay, he whispers back, focusing on his veggies. Okay, Louis agrees. It's surprisingly not awkward, the two of them eating face to face when they know practically nothing about each other. It's awkward that it's not more awkward if Louis is honest with himself, the silence between them interrupted only by their cutlery creaking in the wind outside. It should feel heavy, should feel uncomfortable, but just like the time they spent together on top of the tower this afternoon, it's easy for them to exist in the same place. Maybe they're made of the same cloth. Louis ponders as he chews it on a bit of stir-fry, looking up at Harry, secretly enjoying the way he ridiculously eats with his tongue out first. Maybe they're both the kind of lonely that doesn't fully hurt. The kind of lonely that's comforting sometimes, both of them tucked away against the window, alone but together, in a place the rest of the world has forgotten. Can I ask you a question? When Harry finally breaks the silence, it's with timidity. He doesn't shy away from Louis' gaze, though, his eyes mesmerizing as he waits for the verdict, waits for permission. Louis purses his lips in response, a little amused by the request. I think it would be quite hypocritical of me to say no, right? He replies before taking a sip of water. Harry's face remains serious, but he looks down at the red and white tablecloth Louis picked out especially when he realized he wouldn't dine alone, fingers stroking the fabric nervously. He shrugs, a small movement that Louis probably wouldn't have noticed if he wasn't paying such close attention. You really don't have to say yes, Harry says sincerely. He won't meet Louis' eyes again, though, and it feels like whilst he'd, of course, respect Louis' right to refuse, maybe he would feel a little bit betrayed by it. Luckily, Louis doesn't mind. Of course you can ask me a question, Harry. Don't be silly. At that, Harry straightens his shoulders, looking taller in his chair now that he's not hunched over himself. He grabs his fork again, digging into his plate and moving veggies around before taking a small, dainty bite. It's the way he eats it carefully that clues Louis into the fact that he's just trying to waste a bit of time before asking what he wants to ask. He chews carefully, then swallows, before actually speaking. I suppose I wonder what led you here is all. He finally comments, making eye contact with Louis again. That's not really a question, but it is a story that Louis loves to tell. It's his story, the most, ins the most important story he has to tell, as silly as it might seem. Ah, Louis exclaims, widening his eyes. Right, the famous, what led you to self-imposed exile in Scotland, query. He hums and nods theatrically. He's used to that one. You're not the first to wonder. Harry looks sheepish. I guess it's a bit unusual, he offers carefully, obviously afraid he might offend. You're... He falters for a second, eyes roaming over Louis's face and his upper body before blushing and shaking his head. You're young and clearly don't sound Scottish. And this village is 90% populated by retirees. At that, Louis can't help but laugh. He loves his neighbors. He really does, but Harry's not wrong. 
Yeah, I suppose I am the odd one here, aren't I? <laughs> Louis shrugs again. That's not what I was trying to... Harry shrugs again. That's not what I was trying to imply. No, no. I don't remember where the fuck I am. I don't remember where the fuck I am. Where am I? I'll start at the Harry shrugs again. Harry shrugs again. That's not what I was trying to imply. No, no, I know. Don't worry, I'm not offended. I mean, my entire family thought it was weird when I first moved to the island. They're supportive now because they see how happy I am, but most of my extended family still thinks there's something seriously wrong with me. I mean, a lot of them are homophobic anyways, so they'd probably think there was something wrong with me even if I'd stayed put, but, you know. He says it matter-of-factly, used to the fact that his life choices will always be scrutinized no matter what they are, knows that who he is won't fully be accepted. Tolerated? Sure. Loved? Always. But fully accepted by his family? Outside of his mother and siblings? It's unlikely, and Louis made peace with that a long time ago. Harry, on the other hand, seemed upset by Louis' admission. His pretty mouth turned down with displeasure, an ugly frown deepening quickly on his face. There's thunder in his eyes, and for a second, Louis fears he might lose it. But the anger passes in a flash, Harry controlling his facial expression into something more neutral. Nothing can erase the way Harry looked deeply offended by what Louis said, though. I'm sorry, Harry finally says, words dripping with compassion and trembling with residual anger. That's... he shakes his head, clearly still frustrated. That's not right. There's nothing wrong with you. Nothing wrong with any of it. Louis bites down his laugh, restraining himself only because there's something about the way Harry is holding himself that hints at this being a bit of a personal topic for him, too. It's the tense line of his shoulders, the tightening of his fists, the very controlled outrage in his voice. Thanks, Louis replies instead. It's fine, to be honest. They're fucking problem, am I right? <laughs> Harry chuckles, a bit of tension thankfully mentally from his body. Yeah, he agrees. Then he nods, mostly to himself. Yeah, of course. He pauses for a long time, eyes fixed on his plate like he's considering his options before speaking again. Some of my extended family would be the same if they knew about my sexuality. He finally admits and, oh, Louis thinks, somehow taken aback, without being fully surprised. He smiles sadly, feeling a stab of sympathy for the way Harry gulps shakily, and the other man clearly a little frazzled by what he just revealed. I can't really tell them right now, Harry continues quickly, tripping over all of his words. It's... it's complicated, he hesitates, glancing up and giving Louis a long, calculating look that he can't decipher no matter how hard he tries. It'd be really risky. I mean, not that I don't trust them, but if they said... He stops himself at that, looking mortified. You don't have to explain yourself to me, Louis says, trying to sound reassuring, hating the way Harry seems embarrassed by his closet. Fuck them he adds. Honestly, fuck them, he repeats even more forcefully. They don't deserve to know you if they're going to be shitty about it. Besides, it should be on your terms, right? Harry laughs instead of agreeing, a laugh poisoned by bitterness and that holds no joy at all. A tiny little chuckle, the angriest sound Louis has probably ever heard. Yeah, he says through gritted teeth, drumming his fingers against the table. Something haunted flickers on his face, and Louis feels like he truly said the worst possible thing he could have, but then, just as it appeared suddenly, 
it vanishes again. Harry's face becomes a blank mask, emotionless. I want them to know I'm gay, he declares, but the timing is not good. Not right now. It'd be really risky for them to know. There's that word again. Risky. Louis isn't sure what it means, but he knows it definitely sounds rehearsed, like words that Harry's been force-fed and he's trying to make fit into his mouth even though he doesn't want them there. For a second, Louis wonders if maybe Harry has a partner somewhere who wants to keep their relationship secret. A man, for one reason or the other, can't handle Harry's whole family knowing about them. Maybe that's why it doesn't fully sound like his line. Louis thinks vaguely before remembering it's none of his business. I'm sorry, Harry whispers, bringing Louis back to the present and out of his head. What? We were talking about you moving here, and I just hijacked the conversation. Spit rude. Please tell me about choosing this place if you want to. I'd, I'd really like to know. I didn't ask just to make conversation. I'm actually curious. Louis shakes his head. You, you really don't have to apologize. You're not hijacking anything. He stops, inhaling deeply before starting again. We're just talking. It's fine. You can tell me stuff. Harry stiffens at that, and how is it possible that by trying to be helpful and supportive, Louis has managed to say the wrong thing every single time during this whole conversation? Before Harry gets a chance to talk again, Louis quickly makes the decision to stir the discussion into an easier territory. But if you really want to know the fascinating story of how I ended up here, I'm happy to tell it. Please, Harry nods. You said it was like coming home, he says, clearly remembering his first day at the B&B. It makes Louis grin, despite the lingering strain of the previous topic. Yeah, it was exactly like that, he agrees before grabbing a big bite. He chews and swallows too quickly, eager to tell the tale. First time I visited Fair Isle, I was 18 years old. It was a family trip, though why our mother picked this place I will never understand. I mean, there were five of us kids at the time, and I don't know if you've noticed, but there is fuck all to do here. Especially for the young ones. I mean, bird watching at the beach, and that's it. You have four siblings? Harry asked, latching onto this part of the explanation, eyes wide with excitement. Well, six now. My mom's popped a new set of twins since then. Louis raises his eyebrows in exaggerated disbelief. He still doesn't understand how she's done it. Superhuman that she is. I'm the eldest, five younger sisters and a brother, though it was only my four sisters and me at the time. Wow. Yep, you can imagine how busy the house got. <laughs> yeah, Harry snorts a little unattractively. It's kind of cute in an ugly way, and Louis has to look away, has to focus on his storytelling instead of the fact that Harry is cute and gay. Not a second of quiet there, that's for sure, Louis continues, trying to distract himself. Maybe that's why I fell in love with the stillness here so much, he ponders out loud. He could never fully explain it to himself, the way he fell hard and fast, deeper than he'd ever fallen, the first time he saw this place. It's just... We showed up here and I was 18, right? Pissed as hell that I was being dragged away from my mites from the summer, thinking to a trip of Scotland was a waste of my time. God, I, I can't tell you how much I didn't want to go. I love my siblings, but it pretty much sounded like a death sentence when my mom first told me. I argued with her so much, trying to convince her to let me stay home. I tried to tell her it'd be less expensive if I didn't come, the whole thing. But she said she needed help taking care of the girls, and it's not like I could say no, so I was dragged along. Changed my life, too, huh? Louis shakes his head, smiling fondly. I'll never forget the first view I got of this place from the ferry. 
Yeah? Harry encourages, pushing his finished plate aside and resting his face against his hand, elbow on the table. Yeah, Louis nods, knowing his face and morphing into a dreamy, dopey look and not even caring one bit. It was like magic. It was like... I knew straight away that I belonged here. My first walk along the cliffs, I just... I just recognized myself here, you know? Love at first sight, Harry agrees with a soft, sad look on his face. Yeah, Louis laughs softly. I've always been a romantic, but I didn't really believe in that kind of stuff, you know? I probably still don't when it comes to people. You need time to fall in love with people, but places? You can definitely fall in love in first sight with a place. So what happened? Did you move straight away? Harry asked, looking enthralled in the story. Louis burst out into laughter at the question. If only it had been that easy. I take it that means no, Harry says. No, definitely not. Harry shakes his head. I think I mentioned before that the island is owned by the National Trust of Scotland, he asked, waiting for Harry to nod in agreement before continuing. Basically, you have to wait until property becomes available to rent to be able to move. And even then, it's a whole process to be vetted, especially for someone like the B&B where it's business, you know. I was a kid. There was no way I would have had the money to move straight away. Did you know you wanted to straight away, though? Yeah, mate, for the first second. I knew I had to come back. I knew I had to live here at some point, even if it took years. The call was too strong, Harry says. Yeah, exactly. I just finished my A-level, so I applied for uni and did a business degree. It wasn't really a passion or anything like that, but I figured it'd be useful, you know? And that maybe if I had a concrete business idea, I could go to the National Trust and apply for a property like that. I'd been saving all along, so I thought that it'd give me some leverage. But life kind of worked out in a really weird way, because literally a couple weeks before graduation, the bed and breakfast became available. I really didn't think I was going to get it, considering my age and inexperience, but I was really passionate. And the previous owners, well, renters liked me when we met. They never said anything, but I think they put in a good word for me. Harry smiles. And here you are. Here I am, Louis confirms. Been here ever since. Got Clifford right before moving because my mom was scared I'd get lonely and we've been living in bliss for a few years now. And are you lonely? Louis' eyes widen at the question. Somehow I wasn't expecting that one. What do you mean? I mean... You're here by yourself with a dog for sole company. You clearly love your family very much. You must miss them. What about your friends? Everyone else? Harry pauses. I mean, don't you get lonely? Not in a way that makes me question my choices, Louis replies firmly. He's surrounded by people most of the time. The B&B filled with enthusiastic guests who want to know everything about living on the island. He's rarely truly alone. That's not a no. Harry points out, observant, attentive. He's really truly alone, and yet... No, it's not. They stare at each other in silence for a beat, understanding passing between them without having to be acknowledged. What about you? Louis asks. Am I lonely? Harry echoes, and Louis shakes his head. That's not what he wants to ask. He doesn't need to ask if Harry's lonely. It's been written on his face since the first second he arrived on the island since the first moment Louis set eyes on him. He's a lonely soul. Louis could always tell, but that's not the source of the sadness hovering over him, casting its shadow over his entire body. At least Louis doesn't think. No, no, I mean, 
what led you here, of all places? Harry wrinkles his nose. That's maybe too long of a story to tell, he says diplomatically. Lua can hear the dismissal badly hidden underneath the I-don't-want-to-talk-about-this vibes Harry can barely control. Fair enough, he agrees easily, ready to switch topics. Can I ask where you're from, though? Your accent's a bit puzzling. It's because I travel loads, Harry explains with an eye roll. My mom is always saying my accent gets really thick when I spent a significant amount of time at home. I'm from Cheshire originally, not too far from Manchester. My accent kind of mellows a little if I spent some time in the U.S., though. Ah, a northerner, too. I shouldn't know. Louis is tempted to ask about his job, but why he travels so much. But he knows that, just like his previous question, it's not going to be well-received. Instead, Louis focuses on the tidbit of information Harry just offered him. So you're close to your mom, then? Harry nods. Yeah, she's... she's the best person I know. Same, Louis agrees. Siblings? One, Harry replies. Gemma. She's older than me and much cleverer. Oh, I see you're the youngest, Louis hums. Interesting. Is it? Harry asks, tilting his head to the right and squinting at Louis. Oh yeah, that reveals a lot about you without you even realizing. I'm a big brother. I would know. Know what? What is it revealing? Harry asks, and he looks more amused than worried. So Louis happily continues to wind him up. That you're spoiled. Just as Louis hoped, Harry's eyes widen and his mouth open in shock. Amusement so written all over his face. Oi, he exclaims. I don't think we know each other well enough for you to make claims like that, he protests with a laugh, clearly enjoying being teased. It's just a fact of life, Harold, backed with a lot of scientific data. The baby of the family is unbearably spoiled. Most likely a brat, too. A spoiled brat. The sooner you accept it, the sooner you can work to become a better person. Louis barely got the last word out before a serious expression fell and he starts giggling. Harry scoffs. Fuck off, he tells Louis with a huge smile on his face. How was it, growing up in Cheshire? Louis asks while Harry is still smiling. It was alright. Bit boring, to be honest. I'm from a small village. Not much to do. Like here, Louis jokes. No, not that bad. Harry's eyes widen as soon as it's out of his mouth. I mean, he tries to backtrack straight away. I mean, it's bigger than here, you know? Not that here is boring or anything like that. I mean, I wouldn't be staying here so long if I thought it was boring. You know I'm not the actual island, right? I don't work for the National Trust either. I'm not going to get offended if you slag it off, Louis says with a laugh, kind of endeared by Harry's behavior. But you're in love with it, Harry points out softly. I can easily see you defending its honor. Louis smiles and nodding in agreement. Yeah, she's the only lady I ever had romantic feelings for, that's true. She's pretty special. But I'm not offended. This place isn't for people thrill-seeking or anything like that. Yeah, well, I wasn't trying to say anything offensive anyways. Just that I come from a small place where there wasn't much to do as a teenager. Yeah, I got that, don't worry. How did you waste your time then, if there was nothing to do? Louis asked, curious because if there's one thing he knows that bored teenagers will do is the absolute craziest shit. He bets Harry has some stories. Honestly, Harry asks, looking a bit nervous. Mostly music, he admits. Used to sing in a band. Tried to learn the guitar and everything. He looks a bit sheepish as he said so. Awkward about the admission, like maybe it's a hobby you should be embarrassed about. Tried? Louis smirks. 
Yeah, Harry snorts. My mate was a terrible teacher, so it didn't really work out all the time. God, he used to ramble about the most useless shit. Like, just show me some chords. Harry passes a hand through his hair in frustration, making Louis laugh. So did you fancy yourself becoming a big rock star then? Selling out stadiums in America and everything? Louis teases, and he's surprised by the way Harry's smile fall. Something like that, he replies in a soft voice. Pretty stupid dream, he adds viciously, like his teenage self somehow deserves that kind of harshness. Ugh, Louis thinks. Thanks for helping out with the dishes, Louis says, fiddling with the tea towel once they're done cleaning up. You really didn't have to. Of course I had to, Harry scoffs. We cooked and ate together. It's only fair. Well, you're the guest, so there was really no obligation, obviously. Harry sighs, grabbing his own dish towel from the counter and uses it to hit Louis's side softly, no force behind the gesture. Oi, Louis exclaims, moving backwards away from his attacker. What was that for? Stop with that guest nonsense, Harry says firmly, raising the dish towel again in warning. We cook together, we clean together, those are the new rules. You can't argue about it every time I help out, otherwise I might go insane. Fine, Louis replies, raising his hands in surrender. Bloody hell, calm down. I didn't know you had that in you. Feisty little thing, are ya? He adds in a mumble, mostly to himself. Harry lifts his chin up and jokingly flips his short curls over his shoulder. Yes, so beware. I said it was fine, Louis laughs, shaking his head before dropping his towel on the counter. Thanks. Either way, I appreciate the help. You're welcome, Harry replies calmly, carefully folding his towel in a tiny square before putting it away next to Louis's clumped one. They stare at each other in silence for a second, and Louis can tell that something's shifted between them, and they can both sense it. It's a bit early to call Harry his friend, especially considering how little he knows about the man, but he can no longer call him a stranger. Listen, Louis starts just as Harry opens his mouth to say, so... They both grin at each other, Harry gesturing for Louis to go ahead. Hmm. I was just gonna say, I'm off to walk Clifford for half an hour if you want to join us. We're going down the path to the beach. He likes a bit of running in the sand before bed. Harry looks down, sliding both of his hands in the pocket of his jeans, shifting his weight from one foot to the other. You don't have to, Louis adds, not wanting him to feel forced. You've already wasted most of your evening with me, so I get it. Harry looks back up to him. I'd love to, actually. Yeah? He nods. Yeah. Aren't you scared you're going to fall into the water? Harry asks once they're both walking along the cliffs towards the path heading down to the beach. I mean, shouldn't we have, like, a torch or something? Louis smiles, fonder than he has any right to be and glad for the darkness and the fact that he's walking a little ahead. There's no one to see him be so enchanted, thankfully. How close to the edge do you think we are, mate? Louis teases. Besides, just follow Cliff. He knows what he's doing. He won't lead us into the abyss. Harry huffs behind him, and Louis's grin grows at the sound. I would if I could see the bloody dog, but I don't know if you've noticed. He's entirely black, and it's entirely black outside right now. Louis bites his lower lip to stop himself from laughing. Actually, Clifford has a lot of white on his tummy, I'll have you know. He stops when they reach the path, reaching behind himself to grab at Harry. Careful, Harry, he says serious this time. What? Harry asks, continuing to advance towards Louis. Careful, Louis repeats, grabbing on the wool of Harry's jumper and stopping him. We've reached the path. We're gonna go down, but we gotta go slow. Oh, Harry says, his body heavy against Louis's back. Okay. You alright? Louis asks, letting go of his jumper. 
Yes, just... Harry pauses and Louis listens to him breathing in in the dark. I hate this fit. I'm really clumsy and I hate going down. It's fine every time, but I always get nervous. Louis laughs as he starts to make his way down very slowly. You know, you don't actually have to include the beach in your daily walk, right? No one's forcing you. You're the master of your own destiny, etc., etc. Harry sighs and Louis can hear him following him down, mumbling to himself, if only. Which... Hey, Louis says kindly. You can hold on to me if you need help. I'm fine, Louis replies, just before he almost slips. Fuck, he whispers with a little laugh, and Louis stops, waiting to see if he's alright. Okay, okay, maybe I'll take you up on that, Harry adds as Louis feels hands grabbing tenderly at his shoulders. Alright, Louis asks, reaching up to pat Harry's hand on his left shoulder. You holding on? Yeah, yeah. Alright, let's go, Louis says, starting the soap process of getting down again. He's more careful this time, knowing Harry depends on him for balance. Clifford is already running around on the beach. Louis can vaguely see a shape ahead, can hear him moving around. No offense, but it's really stupid to do this without a torch, okay? It's really, really stupid, Harry insists, his grip tight enough to bruise on Louis' shoulder. Actually, I never have a problem and I do it every night. Also, I have my phone on me if you really want a torch. Harry hums but doesn't ask for the light, so they keep going on until they finally reach the end of the slope. Why do you always come down here if you hate it? Louis asks, turning around to face Harry in the dark. Clifford comes running to meet them, barking excitedly between their bodies to attract their attention. Louis suspects he's maybe two minutes away from running into the freezing water and regretting all of his life choices. Harry shrugs and Louis can't tell in the dark, but he suspects he's probably blushing. He reaches down to pet Clifford, making a small kissing noise towards him. It'd be stupid to waste this view because I'm not brave enough, he finally replies after a bit, eyes focused on Louis's dog. Not much to see at night, though, Louis argues, and he's not sure why he's pushing this considering he's the one who invited Harry on a walk who pressured him down. No, Harry agrees, but the company's worth it. Besides, it's lovely at night. It's even quieter, which I didn't think was possible for this place. Right, Louis says, turning the face of the dark water. The waves aren't too strong tonight the wind having somehow calmed down in the past few hours. The noises that they're making are almost soothing, a soft melody that accompanies them as soon as they start walking along the small beach, Clifford running ahead of them. What's your favorite thing about the island? Harry asks, the two of them walking step by step in the dark. I know you said you just fell in love with it, but if you had to pick one thing. Louis inhales deeply, looking straight ahead, and then exhales slowly. That's... That's hard to say. Try, Harry insists. Why do you want to know so badly? I'm just curious, Harry replies, though the tone of his voice hints that it's clearly more than that. Are you? Louis insists instead of letting it go. Harry sighs and Louis looks at him. He's got both of his hands deeply buried in the pockets of his jacket. I guess I just wonder what it feels like to know what your home is so easily. And that... That hurts in a way Louis wasn't expecting, because there's true pain in what Harry is saying. A wanderer's sorrow who can't find the warmth of a home no matter where he goes. Don't you have that? Louis asks, instead of answering because he can't fathom that feeling, the not knowing where he belongs so firmly from the top of his head to the tip of his toes. A home? Harry whispers under the sound of the waves crashing against the rocks. I don't think so. I... Louis shakes his head, unable to find anything to say. 
I have a place where I'm from and a place where I live. I have a house. More than one, actually, Harry admits sadly. I have places I've visited, but nowhere where I felt this is it. This is my place. I... I can't even imagine what that feels like. Harry, um... It's okay, Harry says quickly. You don't have to feel sorry for me. Lots of people feel this way, you know? They just live somewhere and it's fine. He pauses. It's fine, he repeats sadly. I was just curious as to how it felt, that's all. You give up everything to be here. Your friends, your family. I just wanted to know how it felt. I wanted to know what it is about this place that makes it the special place for you, you know? But it's alright if you don't know, or if you don't want to tell me. It doesn't matter. He says it all very quickly, dismissively, which makes Louis believe that it does matter. It probably matters a whole lot, and he wishes he had an answer for him, but the truth is, it's something Louis has struggled to articulate for years. It's a feeling that's so overpowering, there are no words strong enough to describe it. It's not that I don't want to tell you, I promise. I just don't have a rational answer. I've been trying to explain it to myself for years, and I just... I just can't. It was one of those impulses that are undeniable. Just... Louis stops walking, and he turns to face Harry, eyes serious and sincere. Just undeniable. I needed to be here more than I needed to be back home. And as soon as I was here, it became home. There's a little voice inside of me that feels settled here, that feels at home. And I couldn't get it to shut up, no matter how hard I tried. Do you know what I mean? To Louis' surprise, Harry nods very slowly, eyes wide. Yeah, there's, there's one thing in my life that was like that, an impulse to pursue something that I couldn't have tamed even if I wanted to. Undeniable? Louis asks nodding along to what Harry's saying. Yeah. Louis gulps, feeling a bit naked, exposed as he opens his mouth to try and explain the unexplainable. Well, that's my favorite thing about the island. The way my head, my heart, feels at peace here. I mean, I like the view, of course, and I like the quiet. I like the fact that I can walk the entirety of the island easily whenever I want because it's so small. I like the fact that I'm not bothered by people, that I get to live in peace and alone. I like the rain like the wind, even though it's always too strong and I have to fight against it. I like the cliffs and how gorgeous they are, how they stand tall and proud and unmovable. I like the darkness of the sea, the strength of the waves. I like the sound they make, muted through the lantern room windows late at night when I'm reading. I like the people who live here, and then they're a bit old-fashioned. I like all of that and so much more, but I love the way I feel when I'm here, like I'm the truest version of myself. Louis pants a little when he's done. Feels like he's just run a marathon from the way he just bared his truth like that, with barely any probing from Harry. He looks away, feeling the prickle of Harry's unmoving stare all over his skin. He's being watched, maybe judged, certainly observed carefully. It's not fully unpleasant, but he can't help but feel like maybe he's revealed too much, that he's revealed things no one could ever understand. Finally, after what feels like a small eternity, Harry clears his throat, then whispers a small, Thank you. They don't talk about it again. The next evening, Louis can't help but startle a little when Harry walks into the kitchen just as he was about to start cooking. He strolls in lazily, waving at Louis instead of greeting him properly and heading straight to the sink to wash his hands. Anything I can do to help? 
Harry asks as he dries his hands, leaning against the counter, his black sweatpants low on his waist, and the sleeves of his plain white tee rolled up against his biceps. They didn't plan this, and even though Harry mentioned how awkward it is not to have any cooking to do, Lou didn't expect him to actually act upon it. Truthfully, he had assumed last night was a one-time thing, something Harry felt forced to do to alleviate his guilt of being pampered and that it wouldn't happen again. Yet here he is, once more, prepared to help, putting his money where his mouth is and actually offering his time and labor. Louis shouldn't be surprised, but he is. Still, he pretends like he isn't and smiles, handing Harry a bag of potatoes. Feel up to peeling these, Louis says, more of an affirmation than a question, as he proceeds to give Harry a knife and a chopping board. Yeah, of course. Brilliant, Louis says, hating the way his voice sounds relieved for a second there. He risks a glance at Harry, displeased to see the puzzled look on his face. Clearly, the relief hasn't gone as unnoticed as Louis would have liked. I hate peeling potatoes, he admits with an eye roll. It's the worst, he says in a whisper, putting emphasis on the last word. What? Harry laughs, grabbing a medium-sized one and getting to work straight away with an ease Louis can't help but envy. Why? It's not like it's particularly hard work. I mean, there are way worse veggies to deal with. Have you met onions? Make everything taste delicious, but at what cost? Nope. Louis says, shaking his head vehemently. Hard disagree, he adds, giving Harry an incredulous look before burying himself into the fridge, taking some cheese out for his potato bake as well as some chicken. I'd pick cutting a hundred onions over peeling one potato over any day. That is literally insane, Harry laughs. He's done with his first one, to Louis' great annoyance. He shakes his head, reaching for a pot and filling it with water before offering it to Harry so he can put the potatoes in. You really need to explain yourself to me on this one, Harry insists, cutting it into two before dropping it in. Louis frowns, then points at the pot. I just can't do that, he whispers. Harry's face drops and glances down to the pot with suspicious eyes. What the hell does that mean, he asks, tilting his head with a disbelieving smile growing on his face. You pilled it, all thin and easy, Louis exclaims, pointing at the discarded peels. Whenever I try, the potato literally reduces in half the size because I can't seem to do it without taking out massive chunks of the thing. It's annoying. Harry bites his lower lip, eyes sparkling with amusement. Mm-hmm, he says, clearly struggling not to make fun of Louis. You can laugh. Louis gives him permission while wrinkling his nose in distaste, and Harry snorts immediately. Sorry, he says through the laugh. Sorry, it's just... He shakes his hand. He shakes his head, grabbing another potato. I can teach you if you want, he offers kindly, moving closer to Louis. It's really easy, you just have to be careful, and... He stops when he notices the dark look Louis is throwing his way. Or maybe not, he mumbles, moving back to stand in front of his own cutting board. Do you know how many people have tried to teach me this particular skill? Louis asks through gritted teeth, years of failure fresh in his memory. It's a lot. A lot of people, Harold. A lot of people and a lot of times. Yes, some of them tried more than once. And can I peel a potato without wasting half of it? Louis waits with an impatient look on his face. He can't seem to tame no matter how much he wants to. It's one of those little things he finds endlessly frustrating, and no matter how hard he tries, he never manages to be successful. It's gotten to the point where he only buys big potatoes so he doesn't feel like a complete and utter failure. The tiny ones he basically wastes more than half of, and it's such a humiliating process that Louis can't bear it. He's generally good at things, and if not good, then at least good enough. This, though, he never mastered, and he hates it. With that murderous look in your eyes, I'm gonna guess no, you can't. 
Harry says, laughing when Louis rolls his eyes angrily and starts cutting the chicken breast into strips. So you can't peel a potato, Harry shrugs. No big deal. It's kind of funny and sweet. He pauses. Even with a peeler? Louis gives him such a glare that Harry's eyes widen and he mouths okay to himself before changing the conversation topic without a smooth transition. I finished the romance novel, he says, lacking solidity, his eyes focused on his work. Louis really hates the way he's making it so easy. Louis really can't even do it with a peeler. How unfair. You did? Louis engages in the new conversation, forcing himself to think about something else and to appreciate the olive branch Harry is offering him. Yep, Harry confirms, grabbing a new potato. How many of these do we need? Louis looks down at the pot, pursing his lips as he evaluates. Two or three more, I'd say. It'd be nice to have leftovers for later. All right, Harry nods, carrying on. Louis waits for a second before speaking up. So? So what? I'm waiting for that book report, mister. Oh, Harry exclaims. Great, I did say I'd do that. Uh, you did, and I'm eager to hear your verdict. Harry hums. Overall, not bad. I mean, it's definitely not the best I've ever read in the genre, if I'm being completely honest. Louis hums in agreement, nodding his head as he grabs a frying pan for his chicken. Of course, of course. And you are a great connoisseur of the romance novel, are you? He asks, expecting Harry to deny it. You'd be surprised what one does to distract oneself on the road, Harry says. Then he stiffens for a second before gulping and starting to speak again, quicker this time. Anyway, I have thoughts about the book. Let's hear it then, Louis says. So at first I thought the Duke was swoonworthy, but now that I'm done, I'm kind of disappointed. If I'm reading a romance novel, I better want to bang the hero by the end of it, otherwise what a waste. Straight people fantasies are so boring, Harry huffs, dropping two halves of a potato in the pot. Like, okay, he's hot, and she says so literally every other paragraph, but he's so dull. I don't think they had one interesting conversation in the whole novel. At first, I thought he was really smooth. There's this one scene where he recites poetry to her. Louis smirks. I remember. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, they've gone for an intellectual protagonist. Brainy, not brawny. You know the type? But no, he was just stupid the whole time, and maybe had memorized three lines of poetry once. I mean, she could do worse than pretty, but dumb. It's a lot of people's fantasy, especially in men. Harry laughs, a loud squeaky thing that doesn't sound like it should come out of his mouth, but somehow is quite endearing. Yeah, he agrees, still giggling. I guess guys who think they're too clever can be unbearable. God knows I dated a few of those. Louis clicks his tongue. Haven't we all? He replies, raising his eyebrows. Our heroine got the better end of the bargain. She's the brain of the relationship, and he worships her. Sure, sure, Harry agrees before starting to gesticulate, arguing his point with large hand gestures. But romance novels are meant to be with wish fulfillment, right? Just give her the whole package. A man she can fantasize about and love fucking, who respects her and isn't boring. Someone she can hold a conversation with. Fair enough, Louis replies. Harry's got a point after all. You've thought about this a lot more than I expected you to, to be honest, he jokes, reaching down in one of the cupboards to grab his grater. Well, you asked for a book report, so, you know, I took my homework seriously. Actually, I'm pretty sure we just agreed on a top ten scenes, but I'm glad you thought about it in depth. Oh, Harry gasps. He wrinkles his nose adorably. I actually forgot about that, he pauses, grimacing. I don't think I liked ten scenes enough for a top ten. 
And you said you thought the book wasn't bad, Louis teases, making quotation marks with his fingers. It wasn't. I can... He frowns, looking pensive for a second. I can probably do a top three. Top three best scenes? Harry nods. All right, let's hear it. Number three has to be their first meeting. It was hilarious. The way he accidentally offended her and she just straight up left without saying anything. That was funny. Harry nods to himself like he's approving of his own choice. Number two. Probably the poetry scene, actually. I had high hopes it was going to be a thing by then and I was a bit into him at that point. So poetry is the way to your heart. That's interesting, Louis comments absently before realizing how easily misinterpreted that statement could be. He feels himself flush and he swallows hard, mentally trying to find a way to make it sound like anything else than him wanting to know how to seduce Harry. Harry thankfully either doesn't notice or chooses not to tease Louis about it. I love words, especially when they're used skillfully, he replies absently before moving on like he hadn't revealed something fascinating. Now, the number one absolute best scene in the novel has to be when he gives her her head in the mess. Now, the number one absolute best scene in the novel has to be when he gives her head in the mysterious alcove during the ball. Harry! Louis snorts, somehow surprised by the choice. Really? Straight sex? That's your number one choice? Louis tuts disapprovingly. I'm disappointed, mate. Harry shrugs easily, not at all shamed by his choice. It was unexpected, and kind of dangerous. They could have been discovered at any time. Him underneath her dress? Scandalous. So fucking raunchy. There's something about the tone of his voice that has Louis suspicious, and he narrows his eyes as he grabs the pot filled with potatoes from him, finally putting them on the stove to boil. Are you kidding? Louis asks, suddenly doubtful. The entire book was terrible. Of course I'm kidding, Harry replies, rolling his eyes dramatically. Come on, it's not that bad. Most of my guests love my Smutty Romance novel selections. Listen, I'm a rom-com expert, Harry argues, voice going up as he becomes more passionate. I pride myself on my excellent taste when it comes to romance, and that was not up to my standards. Louis looks down at the counter, fiddling with the cheese in the grater, trying to stop himself from smiling. He's failing. He knows he is, and he should be worrying, but he can't help himself. There's something unbearably endearing about the fact that Harry, silent and broody Harry, loves romance so much he gets offended when it's not swoon-worthy enough. They keep talking about rom-coms for the rest of the evening, well into the night, and by the time they're walking Clifford on the beach in the dark, they're still going at it. Harry wasn't lying when he said he had standards, and Louis finds himself nodding along and agreeing to even his most colorful and silly arguments. It's a new side to his guest that he wasn't expecting, and he finds himself surprised that even after hours of aimless chatter about an idle topic, he still doesn't feel bored.